Welcome to Harvest Mission Community Church. You are listening to one of our sermons. And I hope all of you have been enjoying your break. Uh, May it be restful. And I'm praying that we will get ready for the new year, 2021. And that's why I'm excited to start this new series called New. And we're going to be just really focusing on just the new things that God is going to do. You know, we've been through a lot just this past year in 2020. As many of you know, it's been a very difficult year, not just for uh, here in Hong Kong, but just globally all over the world. And I know some of you have been struggling, whether it's a job situation, maybe family situation, maybe even personally, just maybe emotional and mental health. And I'm praying that none of you will be by yourselves during the season because I think the whole pandemic is uh, exasperating the situation even more. So we're starting this new series and we're going to be talking about just once again, this concept of new. And sometimes new is not really new. It's things that are old, things that are familiar, but to really have a fresh perspective, a renewed mindset of what it is that we're trying to do. So we're going to do a four part series. Let me just kind of introduce it to you here And the first part is going to be today, we're going to talk about a new chapter as we talk uh, specifically about looking back to 2020 and then looking ahead to 2021, because I believe this is just one chapter in our lives. And God is turning that page into a new one in 2021. And then part two, we're going to be talking about new inspiration. And one of the most important things, as Pastor Bo just mentioned, is about the Word of God. We want to get new inspiration that comes through God's Word. Many of us are living just by day to day and even week by week and month by month, and we haven't received any new inspiration. So we're going to get into the Word, what it means to study the Word, and to encourage you to do the Bible reading plan. And so we're going to talk talk about that next week. And then part three, it's going to simply be about new goals. And we're going to lay out how to write out new goals. Because as you know, a lot of times we have our own personal goals, very self-centered goals. But once we understand the new chapter, and then we begin to understand what it means to have this new inspiration from the Word of God, that's when we can have a better idea of what are the goals that God is calling me, our community, and your life group. Because once again, goals are not just about you, but it's also about people around you and maybe goals within our church, and we'll we'll start sharing some of those things. And the last part, uh, part four, we'll be talking about a new intimacy, so just really emphasizing the importance of getting deeper in prayer and more intimate with the Lord. So we're going to be talking about those things. So let's go ahead, and I'm going to have you turn to Joshua chapter 4. Um, those of you who don't know yet, you can check on our website, uh, we do have a church app you could download and gives you all the notes there so you can follow along and fill in the blanks uh, so that you could save it and then use it later as a reference. But turn to Joshua chapter 4. We're going to be looking at the whole chapter, also a little part into Joshua chapter 5. So as you're turning to it, let me just first start off and ask you a question. Do you know what the number one search thing was on Google in 2020? So before you say COVID-19, before you say pandemic, uh, let me kind of put a little caveat to it. It's in a form of a question. Do you know what question 
what's the most searched word in all of 2020 on Google. As you know, they probably have all your data already. So uh, pretty much when they analyzed it up to this point, which was, I think, just not too long or just uh, maybe this Friday, what they found out, the number one word, the question that people were asking in 2020 was the question, why? Literally just why and then fill in the blank. And as I was thinking about this, I, I realized that this question why has been asked by so many people throughout history. There are some of you right now who might be asking that question, why? Uh, why this pandemic? Why is my family going through what they're going through right now? Why am I feeling the way I'm feeling? Uh, why am I still single? You know, uh, why uh, do I not have that good friend? And see, these questions of why has always existed, even from the begin beginning of humanity. And as I was thinking about this, we cannot, and this is important, it, it is vital that we understand that it cannot just start with ourselves. So I want to show you this quick video, and it's actually about um, the question why that Google was able to kind of do some research on it. And they just made a really quick video on all the things that summarize 2020. And as you're watching this, I hope that it will trigger some memory, some good, some bad, but probably mostly bad in 2020. But hopefully as we talk about this new series called New, that we can have a new chapter as we look forward to 2021. So let's watch this together. Question, why? I don't know if some of you have been asking some of those questions in that video, but I know for myself, a lot of times when things are confusing, when things don't make sense, or even when things don't go your way, we ask that question, why? And in order for us to be able to turn the chapter of 2020 and look ahead to 2021, we have to have a different perspective on that question. As I mentioned earlier, one of the biggest problems that I see for some of us, whenever we ask that question, why, it always surrounds or it, it is engulfed with ourselves. It's a very self-centered question where we're asking why. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it when it comes to pain and difficulties that some of you might be facing. But that's where we got to get our eyes on the right person or the right thing in order for us to overcome and turn that chapter. As some of you know very well, whenever that question why comes up, it is easy for us to get emotionally charged, even mentally charged. And it gets to a point where it's, it leads to depression, it leads to regret, it leads to a lot of struggles internally. And this is the reason why I think we got to start with focusing on who God is and also that he is sovereign over all things in our lives. I, I love what D.A. Carson writes in his commentary, The Gospel According to John. He writes this, the person who loves his life will lose it. It cannot be otherwise for to love one's life is a fundamental denial of God's sovereignty of God's rights, and a brazen elevation of self 
to the apogee, which, which simply means it's kind of like the highest development of achieving something of one's perception and therefore an idolatrous focus on self, which is the heart of all sin. Did you get that? When you read that quote, it's a great reminder that when you start, when you begin to ask the question why you start with yourself, it will almost inevitably lead to an exaltation of oneself and you will never understand. In fact, I want to challenge some of you if you've ever been in that situation. Oftentimes when you start with yourself and you ask the question why, it will lead to a lot of complaint, a lot of bitterness, or even hatred towards God. Why am I going through all, all these things? Like I said, there is nothing wrong with asking the question. It's just how you process it and where, where that will lead you. And so what D.A. Carson is saying is that it always leads to when you start with yourself and you deny the sovereignty of God, you deny that God is God, then what it always leads to is the exaltation of ourselves, which is the heart of all or root of all sin. I think this is the reason why if we're serious about turning the chapter, if we're serious about wanting to look into 2021, we got to do things differently. We got to look at things differently and trusting and believing that God has a purpose for us. Let us not be led by the preoccupation with ourselves, but with God and God alone. So what we need to do is take some time to process, allow God to work in us. And as we do that, we can then move forward. And so here's the one thing that I want to give you for today. The one thing is simply this, that we must take the time to process so we can advance in progress. So when we take the time to process, we can advance in progress. What I wanted us to do at this time, as I we always like to do during the online services that we have, um, is to just kind of turn to one another and to be able to share some of your thoughts, just open up your hearts, your lives. I think this is a, one of the best ways to not allow this Sunday celebration just to be me being a talking head, but to also process a lot of the things. And that's why we're kind of breaking up into huddle groups. Those of you who are part of a life group, as you know, uh, your life group leader has already made a Zoom. Those of you who are watching, we would love for you to participate as well. This is one great way to get to know other people in our church. Or if you're new, this is a good way to get to know our community. And hopefully you'll have some great conversations. And so we're going to spend the next six minutes talking about this question. The huddle group question is simply this. What is one thing that was disrupted in your life in 2020? So what is one thing that was disrupted in your life in 2020? And the second question is, what is one thing that you can praise God about as you look back to 2020? Since there's two questions, let's, let's go to six minutes and 30 seconds, all right? We'll give you some time there. So please uh, uh, keep in mind that uh, time is short. So before you talk about all your Christmas gifts and things that you got, just jump right into it. So once again, the two questions is, what is one thing that disrupted uh, was disrupted in your life in 2020, and it's one thing that you can praise God for as you look back to this year. So go ahead and enjoy your time together. All right, welcome back. I'm sure some of you were in mid-sentence, um, but uh, 
I want to encourage you, you're going to still be in the same huddle group. We're going to have one more. So the person who talked the most, if that's you, then start last, all right? Let someone else go. So we want to make sure that everyone has a fair share in sharing some of their thoughts. As I mentioned earlier, the one thing is really about taking the time to process. Process everything that happened, everything that you've been through, everything that we've experienced in 2020, and then as we're processing, then we could take steps to advance forward in our progress, in our walk with God, love for Him, and love for people. So I want to talk about two things here specifically in this passage. I'm going to try to skip over some things. I'm, I'm not going to have time to go into all the specifics because it's a whole chapter and a half, but I really want to focus on two specific things for us as we do talk about taking the time to process so that we could advance in our progress. The first thing is this, that we must remember God's faithfulness, that we must remember God's faithfulness. Before we char uh, start chapter 4 in the book of Joshua, I think it's important to put this in context of everything that has transpired in the first three chapters. As many of you who know scripture, you know the book of Joshua, you realize in Joshua chapter 1, Moses passed away and now God speaks to Joshua to be strong and courageous because he is going to now lead God's people into the promised land. And then when you read in Joshua chapter 2, you see Joshua sends out two spies into the land before they actually entered in. And that's where they were being pursued by the king of that land. And we are introduced to this prostitute named Rahab. And Rahab is the one who hid the two spies. And she says, remember me, uh, especially once they are uh, free and then they come and take over. She says, remember me. And then in the third chapter, we see here Joshua and the Israelite people, they make preparations to cross over the river Jordan. And that's the whole story of what's going on. And now we come to chapter 4. And now it's important that we highlight once again that we have to remember God's faithfulness. So let me just go ahead and read verses 1 through 8. And if you have your Bibles, you can read along. Or if you want, you can just look at the screen. I think the passage is up there. So let's go ahead and read Joshua chapter 4 starting from verse 1 all the way to verse 8. It says this, When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. 
And the people of Israel did just as Joshua commanded and took up 12 stones out of the midst of the Jordan according to the number of tribes of the people of Israel, just as the Lord told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. What an amazing story, as some of you are familiar with this. You see that here is a whole generation of people that God led out of Egypt, and they wandered for 40 years, and some of them actually passed away in this wilderness, in the wandering. And now with many new generations, this new generation being raised up, now they're entering into this promised land. And I want you to see in verse 1 again, that it says here clearly that Israelite people, they crossed over the Jordan. And then God tells the people, Joshua and the people, to do something unusual. I hope you picked it up. In verse 2 and 3, God tells Joshua to get 12 people, each representing the 12 tribes of Israel, and to go into that water and pick up 12 stones and place it in the location of their first night of their stay into this promised land. Now, you have to try to picture this so that you understand. So after crossing the Jordan River, we see that God tells these 12 men to go back into the river and find these 12 stones and put it on their shoulders. Now, they're not little stones, and God didn't want to see them balancing it on their shoulder. I mean, these were stones big enough that they could not carry on their own, but carried on their shoulder and then bring it back to shore and bring it back to the side that they were on right now. Now, the question is this. What was the purpose of this? What was God trying to do? What was he trying to say? When you look at verse 6 and 7, we see that it was supposed to be a sign. That's a key word. And then it says, a memorial forever of God's deliverance, of his power, and his faithfulness of what he has done, especially to what he has said he will do. The word memorial has this connotation of a reminder. Listen to some of these different translations. It says in the voice, and read the yellow section with me out loud. It says this, and these stones will what? Fix that memory for the Israelites forever. It's fixing it into their minds, into their memory, so they will never forget. Look at the Living Bible translation. It says this, the monument will be a permanent reminder to the people of Israel of this amazing miracle. So it's not something that just remember and they forget. It's not something that God just did one time and then, you know, we forget about it. But what we see here is a permanent memory and a reminder that is set in their mind. It literally is something that they cannot just get rid of because they have experienced something that was so good. Even the prophet Samuel, if you remember, did something that is very similar. Uh, they had this way of trying to remember all that God has done. In 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12, in the ESV, listen to what it says. Then Samuel, the prophet, took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen and called its name, uh, its name Ebenezer. And he said, till now the Lord has helped us. Those of you who might not know, the word Ebenezer means the stone of help. So here is Prophet Samuel putting up a stone as a reminder that God was the one, the rock of their help so that they will be able to remember all that God has done in their lives. 
I don't know about you, but these stones of remembrance, uh, these are vivid and visual reminders of what God did in their lives. What are some of the reminders for you? What are some of the things in your life that God uses or maybe you have, uh, whether you wrote it down or maybe it's just something that kind of brings you back to that time of what you experienced? Uh, What is that for you when it comes to God's faithfulness? What is it to you when you talk about God's goodness, God's provisions, and the ways that he's worked in your life? All of us honestly confess we all have to say that we're just forgetful people. I don't know about you, but there are a lot of things I remember and a lot of things that I forget. And I know my wife and those people around me who are close to me, they, w- they always wish that the things I remember, I, I don't need to remember. And the things that I should remember, those are the things that, uh, or the things that I forget are the things that I should remember. But whether it's you forget to bring your keys, <laughs> you forget an appointment, uh, you know, there are a lot of things. Or an exam. I don't think you could really forget that, but there are some people who easily forget. But just letting things slip from our memory, that they are not permanent. And God understands this so well about human nature, about you and about me, that we're such forgetful people, that all throughout the Bible, there are so many references about remembering. Remembering who God is. Remembering what he has done. I remember uh, in, back in uh, 2005, I had the privilege of going to uh, Bosnia and Croatia in the Balkans. And it was for my uh, doctoral degree. And as I was there, it was powerful because it was a cohort. And we all uh, went to this place where we were talking about religious uh, just persecution. We were also talking about the, uh, just the pluralism that was going on in this area. And so we were in Mostar in Bosnia. And some of you who might not be familiar with history, as you know, um, you know, back in the uh, 1990s, right? Some of you weren't even born. But back in that time, there was a, a war in uh, Bosnia, Herzegovina. And one of the things that you notice is that uh, I, I remember just walking there and I just saw uh, just all the bullets. Uh, holes in some of the buildings they still had it there and in particular they had this a picture and I'm going to show you to now and it says here don't forget and if you look at a little bit behind you see that bridge that's a famous bridge that was actually built in the 16th century and uh, when they were in the war they were trying to knock out that bridge so it will cut off all supply lines and I remember just visiting there with my cohort and our professor, and he was telling us about the war and all these different eth- ethnic wars and religious wars. And as we were walking, he showed us this place simply, it's, it's this stone, it's this rock that simply said, don't forget. And it's like, don't forget what happened here back in 1993 during this war. Uh, this is the reason why even nations have memorials and they use different things to help tell the story of even in the next generation so they won't forget it's amazing and i'm not going to try to get too political here but i'm telling you right now that when we forget what happens in history that is one way to lose your identity and that's why a lot of governments 
and just a lot of different powers and authorities are trying to get rid of information because they want to try to erase who we are and what we have experienced and what we have gone through in our lives. That's why I think there are so many people who do such a great job of helping us to remember through memorials. Let me, let me show you some other world uh, memorials. You'll see this one here. It's the 9-11 memorial, what happened in uh, September 11th. And I still remember where I was when that happened. But if you look at it, all the names, almost 2,000 some names of people who died in the Twin Towers. And I've been there and uh, with my family. It was very humbling just to be in this area and realizing that it was right around here where the, all those people died. And so it was a powerful moment. Here's another one so that people won't forget. I, re- I was here in Washington, D.C., and we were able to visit the Vietnam War Memorial. And just reading the names and actually touching just the stone, the marble, etched in marble, the names of people, just being reminded of the atrocities and even just the pain that is caused to families through war so that people will not forget. This is the reason why memorials are built up. Here's another one. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I, I was able to visit this memorial as well when I was in Cambodia and we were doing missions out there, and it was the killing fields where during the Khmer Rouge, and they killed all these intellects and people and dissidents. And it's amazing when people who are dictators and tyrant people, when they decide to just wipe out a whole generation of people. And the part that really got to me was once you walk into this memorial, there's a huge, just a column that's made out of glass with all the skulls. I mean, it was weird for a memorial, but they wanted to make it, you got to feel this. And I'm just seeing all these skulls that made up and lined up one of the columns right in the middle was very, very humbling and remembering just how awful the atrocities that were committed in Cambodia during that time. And then also, uh, some of you who might not know this, I haven't visited this yet. I would love to one of these days. I don't know if you know where this is. This memorial is the Holocaust Memorial of the six plus million Jews who were slaughtered and murdered. Guess where this is? This is not in Israel. This is not in the United States. This is in Berlin, Germany, where a lot of the killings and the things that happened so that people will never forget. The next generation will not commit the same type of atrocities around the world. So what are those things that help you to remember? What is your memorial stone to remind you of God's goodness and faithfulness? Maybe it was a time when you've turned away from God and then she showed you grace. He brought different people your way. Maybe it was your mom who was praying for you. And so that is a reminder for you that God will never let you go. Maybe it was a time when you didn't know how God was going to provide for your needs. But God, just at the right time, whether sent an anonymous donation, maybe it was something that was given to you without you knowing who gave it, this, but you knew that God was working in your life. Maybe a provision in a way where he gave you a job, a promotion. Everything that we have is not because of us. It's because of the faithfulness of God. That's why I love sometimes looking through some old pictures once in a while and just remembering God's faithfulness 
of even starting HMCC with my wife and I when we were in Michigan and just seeing the lives that were touched. Even some of the pictures recently, uh, just wishing some people a Merry Christmas in uh, Indonesia and the time that we spent there and the way God stirred our hearts or even possibility of moving out to Asia in the future. And here we are, even in 2015, when we think about coming here as a family and with a team of people and just starting the church by God's grace, we realize once again, all these things are just remembrance or remembrance stones of God's faithfulness and who He is. Let's continue as we think about this and remembering God's faithfulness in verse 9 through 24. And it's interesting because as the story continues, you'll notice that uh, there's further explanation of what was going on. So let me start from verse 9 all the way to the end of the chapter. It says this, And Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant had stood. And they, were, uh, they are there to this day. For the priests bearing the Ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished, that the Lord commanded Joshua to tell the people according to all that Moses had commanded Joshua. The people passed over in haste. And when all the people had finished pass, passing over the ark of the Lord, and the priest passed over before the people, the sons of Reuben, uh, Reuben and the sons of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh passed over armed before the people of Israel as Moses had told them. About 4,000 ready for war passed over before the Lord for battle to the plains of Jericho. On that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they stood in awe of him, just as they had stood in awe of Moses all the days of his life. And the Lord said to Joshua, command the priest bearing the ark of the testimony to come up out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priest, come up out of the Jordan. And when the priest bearing the ark of the covenant of the Lord came up from the midst of the Jordan, and the soles of the priest's feet were lifted up on dry ground, the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and overflowed all its banks as before. The people came up out of the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month, and they encamped at Gilgal at the east border of Jericho. And those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. And he said to the people of Israel, When your children ask their fathers in times to come, What do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground, for the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. So it's interesting that Joshua sets up another 12 stones to specifically spot out where the priest, of the, as they were carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And those of you who might not know this Ark of the Lord, the Ark of the Covenant was a, a physical symbol of the presence of God. And then in verse 10 through 18, we notice something that as God instructed the people, we see that when all the people crossed over to the river Jordan, over the river Jordan, and we see in verse 18, it says here that the river flowed back with water. Now, can you imagine the Israelite people uh, were feeling at this moment? I mean, they're entering into this promised land, 
and they see this miracle where the River Jordan is being split, just like the Red Sea. And as they're crossing over and everyone crosses to the other side, the river starts coming back in. The reason why I think this is so important, and I want you to try to imagine this for a second. There's no turning back. And I think that's something that we easily forget. That sometimes when we make a decision to follow Christ, sometimes there is no turning back, especially if you have tasted the goodness and the faithfulness of God. I know that there's some of you right now who are watching. Maybe you're tempted to go back to your old way of life. Maybe to go back to the way you used to live. But I want you to pause and just to think about this for a moment. While it might help you physically or maybe in terms of security or temporary security. But one of the things that we forget is that the things of this world will pass away. And oftentimes when we cross over from darkness to life, we are tempted to go back. And here is God crossing these Israelite people over, and then the water comes back in, and I'm sure they look back and they realize, we're not going back. This is the promised land. This is what God has promised unto us. That's why in verse 14, we see that God exalted Joshua in front of the people. Now, why is this important? I want to just note this because earlier in Joshua chapter 3, verse 7, it says, The Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Now, part of learning to remember, listen to me carefully, part of learning to remember is to know that God is a promise keeper. He said this earlier before they crossed over. I'm going to exalt you in front of all the people so they will know that I am with you. And now as they crossed over, here's God exalting Joshua. And this is a great reminder for us that as we try to remember God's faithfulness, it's about remembering what he has promised to us and the way he has kept it and that he will continue to keep it until the day we die. And as we all know, these 12 stones might not necessarily teach the future generations about what happened. For instance, when I showed you that picture in Mostar, Bosnia, you probably had no idea. It just says, don't forget what? Don't forget to look behind you. Don't forget to, you got your keys. I mean, what is this don't forget? That's why it's important that we verbally explain and to share Listen to what Joshua, as he told the people that they are to teach their children and and what the stone represents. This is exactly what God instituted with the Israelite people, even before the story. If you look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 9, I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. Listen to what it says here. It says this, and this is God speaking to um, Moses and the Israelite people. He says, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Will you say this part with me? Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as what? Reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. 
So here are the Israelite people where they were taught to use their mouths and share. Don't just show them, but share it as you tell stories. And that's what I'm hoping for, that many of us will remember how our church got started back in 2015. I'm hoping and praying that some of you will share the stories if, if, if you remember them about how our life group got started in that campus or how God started up our city ministry. Share those stories to remember the faithfulness of God. And that's why by looking at these 12 stones, they were reminders of trusting in God and God alone. Can I just ask us just to pause for a moment? And can you imagine the first night as they entered into the promised land? Probably filled with excitement, but yet anxiety. Don't know what's in front of them. But as they looked at the 12 stones, they were able to remember that God carried us. He was faithful to us all these years, and he will continue to do so. How about us this morning? I'm wondering if you remember God's faithfulness. What are some things in your life that God has shown himself to be strong and powerful, that he loves you, that he has a plan and a purpose for you? What are some things that every time you think about them, you realize it's not about me, but it's about God, how he led me, how he has faithfully guided me through all these times and through all these years? I'm wondering if those things will help you to remember what God has done. We're going to go ahead and just break up into our last huddle group. And just once again, we'll just do six minutes. And here's this one question that I want you to think about. And go ahead and just share it right when you jump into it. It's simply, if you had to choose something to visually remind you of God's faithfulness in your life, what would it be? And why would you choose that? Now, it's important. We are not teaching idolatry or having little trinkets and idols that we hold on to. But it's just a reminder. What is something that you see or you think about, and then all of a sudden you're like, yes, that's God's faithfulness. That's God working in my life. So why don't you go ahead, and we'll give you six minutes to share with one another, and we'll bring you back and close out quickly with the second point. Welcome back. And the good thing about being online and the good thing about being in your bedroom and in your pajamas, no one knows, but in your pajamas, is that you could actually find things in your room that are personal to you that you could remember the faithfulness of God. So hopefully you'll enjoy that time. And we just want to quickly close out with the second point. I think this is also important because as we're talking about how we must remember God's faithfulness, the second and most important point as we kind of bring this to uh, a close here is that we have to reaffirm God's purposes for us and in our lives, that we have to reaffirm God's purposes. Let's go ahead and I'm just going to read verse one of chapter five first, and we'll, we'll read uh, several more verses, but let's start off with this verse one in chapter five. It says this, as soon as all the kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to the west and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan for the people of Israel until they had crossed over. Their hearts melted and there was no longer any spirit in them because of the people of Israel. Isn't this amazing that as people, as the Israelite people experienced God's power and miracle, people began to hear. Man, I, I've, been, I've been praying that that will be the case in our church. 
that as lives are being transformed, that God is answering prayers, that people will begin to hear about how great and awesome God is. And I want you to look at that phrase. It says, uh, their hearts melted and there was no longer any spirit in them. And what that phrase refers to is fear, that they were fearful. All these people were fearful. They were in reverence of who this God was. Listen to the New Living Translation. It says this, they lost heart and were paralyzed with fear because of them. So any desire to fight them, <laughs> any desire to come against them, it was completely gone because they were afraid. What would that be like if we can live our lives in such a way with God's power and his miracles that literally Satan will then balk or even turn away? Even all those who are in opposition to you will turn away because they realize the Lord is with you. I thought about this and I said, you know, if there's ever a chance or ever an opportunity to make a move, it's right now. Okay, listen to me carefully. There are these moments, if you are self-aware and also aware of the situation, many of you know, we, 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 some of you use this word, and it's a Korean word, I won't say it, but there's a Korean word where it says that you have eyes to be aware of what's going on. Now, if you had any of that going on right now, you'll realize this is the best time to attack. Why? Because everyone's afraid of you. So brothers, those of you who might not understand what I'm trying to say is that when a girl is being nice and talking to you, this might be the opportunity. Or if there's an opportunity for you to advance in your career, this might be the time when everyone, everything's going down. Isn't that how it was with the housing market back in the early 2000s with SARS? Like that was a time to buy if you had money. So that was the exact same feeling. Like everyone was afraid. But what happens? Well, it's interesting because instead of taking this advantage, God gives specific instructions to Joshua and to the Israelite people to not do anything and to reflect. In fact, I was thinking about this. I'm like, wow, like, I don't know about you, but I want to start doing things after this 2020. But it almost feels as if God is saying, I want you to not only remember my faithfulness, but God is saying, reaffirm the things that I have called you to do. That's how you're going to turn this chapter and move forward in 2021. So let me share with you just quickly these things that happens that speak life and shows us about the goodness of God and what happened to Israelite people right at this moment. The first thing is this. There is a renewal of circumcision. I'm going to go ahead and explain that. Some of you don't need any explanation, but, you know, we always have people who might not know. So I'm going to explain that. But let's look at the scripture first. I'm going to read verse 2 through nine. Listen to what it says. At that, at that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the sons of Israel a second time. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the sons of Israel at uh, Gibreth, Harloth. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the males of the people who came out of Egypt, all the men of war had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt. Though all the people who came 
out have been circumcised, not all the people who were born on the way in the wilderness after they have come out of Egypt have been circumcised. For the people of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness until all the nation, the men of war who came out of Egypt, perished because they did not obey the voice of the Lord. The Lord swore to them that he would not let them see the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, a land flowing with milk and honey. So it was their children whom he raised up in their place that Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. When the circumcising of the whole nation was finished, they remained in their places in the camp until they had healed and the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. And so the name of that place is called Gilgal to this day. So quickly here, I'm not going to have too much time to explain this, but there's a lot of stuff here in this passage. This whole section that we just read talks about God giving specific instructions to Joshua about circumcision. It's a right. And pretty much it's cutting the foreskin of the male genital. Now, some of you are thinking, wow, gross. What's going on? But listen to me carefully. This was a covenant, a promise that was made to Abraham. And from generation after generation, this rite of passage to be a Jewish person was done to every single male. Now, why now? What is the significance of this? Because circumcision, listen to me was a sign and a physical mark that said that we are God's people. That's what the Israels believed. We are God's people. There is this clear mark on us, and it was supposed to be setting them apart from the rest of the world. That's why the circumcision was very important, and it was renewed when they entered into the promised land because for 40 years, when they were wandering around, those who were born in the wilderness were not circumcised. But those people who were circumcised in Egypt, they disobeyed God, so they were not able to enter into the promised land. So that's exactly what happened. Now, some of you are thinking, okay, so what's the big deal? I'm a female. I don't know. Some of you are like, okay, well, what's the big deal? Listen, that circumcision is oftentimes a metaphor that we see in the New Testament, because it is a circumcision, not of just the physical part. Listen to me. It was a circumcision of the heart. And so what God was telling the Israelite people was to reaffirm the purpose that I have for you, that you are going to be a light to the Gentiles, that you are supposed to be set apart. This is your purpose in life. Listen to what it says. And now Paul takes that idea of circumcision and he says to the people of Colossae, listen to what it says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 11 in the New Living Translation. It says, when you came to Christ, you were what? Circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. What an incredible thought. That now we are marked not by a physical mark, but the circumcision of the heart. It's God who is transforming us, changing us, giving us a whole new perspective and a whole new purpose in life. So we are reaffirming God's purpose in our lives, which is to live holy lives. He's, he cut away our old nature so that we can live lives that are holy and pleasing to him.
This is reaffirming the purpose that you and I have. I want to just challenge us. Listen to me carefully. I think there's so many of us that we are just like the world. In fact, I'm going to be blunt with some of you this morning. You know what? One of the saddest things is, is that when some of your colleagues, when some of your friends, when some of the people, your, your classmates, your roommates, when they find out that you're a Christian and they're like, what? I never knew you were a Christian. I don't know if any of you have experienced that in your life. But that tells you something, that we are not living our lives that are set apart. I hope and pray that everyone will be able to see you, that the circumcision of your heart, your old nature has passed away. Now your goals are different. Now your passions are different. The things that you are chasing after are different. The things that you're living for are different. That some of your old friends will say, wow, you're different. Something's different about you. That is the circumcision of the heart. So we reaffirm God's purpose and calling in our lives. So that's the first thing. The second thing I want you to notice is this. There's a remembrance of the Passover. Let me just quickly read verse 10. It says this. While the people of Israel were encamped in Gilgal, they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month in the evening on the plains of Jericho. Now, think about this. This is why we don't believe in coincidences. You have to believe that God brought the people across to the, from the Jordan River into the promised land just in time to celebrate the Passover, which is on the 14th day of the month, of the right month. Because the Passover, if you remember, was a meal that was celebrated to help them to remember that during their stay in Egypt, when God told Pharaoh to let my people go, that the last plague was that the firstborn son will be killed. But God told Moses to kill the lamb and take the blood and put it over the doorpost. So when that plague of death would come, they will see the blood over the doorpost and it will pass over that house and not kill that firstborn son. As many of you know, that is an imagery of Jesus Christ. When he shed his blood for us, that now the wrath of God will pass over us as he went on Jesus when he died on the cross. So what a powerful thought that the first several days into this new promised land, they were supposed to reaffirm or remember the Passover. Now, this was the only third Passover once they left. They, they did it right before they left Egypt. Uh, they did it again in Mount Sinai just before they moved to Canaan. And we see here they did it again the third time. What, what's happening is we are reaffirming God's purposes in our lives by living to trust in God's purposes and power for us. The third and last thing is this, not only the renewal of the circumcision, the remembrance of the Passover, all these things are reaffirming God's purposes for the Israelite people. The third thing is the receiving of God's provision. Verse 11 and 12, listen to what it says as we close here. And the day after the Passover, on that very day, they ate the produce of the land, unleavened cakes and parched grain, and the manna ceased the day after they ate of the produce of the land. And there was no longer manna for the people of Israel, but they ate of the fruit of the land of Canaan 
that year. What's happening is that as they were ready to enter in the manna that came from heaven, the heavenly food, it stopped. Why? Because now they are in the land. So once again, it was God's promise that once you enter in, you will eat of these things. And this is the reason why we see here that the manna stopped and now they can eat. So God's provisions for them in the wilderness has stopped because they are no longer in the wilderness. They are in the promised land. And now God's provisions in the promised land, they could eat of it. It's receiving God's provision in our lives. Now, why is all this important? Because what's happening is that we are reaffirming God's purposes in our lives, which is to live by faith, to be set apart, to be different, and to believe and trust in his provisions. And that he has circumcised our hearts so that we can be the light to the world. If we want to turn the chapter from 2020 and then to 2021, then what we have to do is that we have to remember God's faithfulness and then reaffirm God's purposes for us in our lives. This is not just for you. But this is for us as a church, as a family of God. Remembering how faithful he has been. Not just these last five years, but particularly this past year in 2020. With everything that was going on, we didn't even know where we were going to meet. What was going to happen? He still kept our church. In fact, I've, I've been hearing that there's been new people coming and checking online and just joining your life groups. That's the faithfulness of God. Nothing that we have done. It's out of our control, but God was working. And as we think about our purpose now, as you look into 2021, all the things that God is calling us to do, we want to be able to be faithful in doing those things. And so when we think about this, it leads us back to what I shared as the one thing. The one thing, once again, is we have to take the time to process everything that we've gone through, everything that's happening so that we could advance in progress, so we can move forward to God's purposes in our lives. When I think about this, this is simply the gospel message, isn't it? That when we think about who God is, he was faithful to us even though we've turned away. That he kept on bringing people, circumstances, so we will humble ourselves and we will acknowledge that we need the Savior. We start seeing our sins for what it is. We realize how much we need him and we couldn't trust in ourselves. Our security that we thought were secure, we're all gone or shaken. So now we're turning to God. And not only that, but we see the purposes now being clearly shown and the way we live our lives as he circumcised our hearts so that our sinful nature can be cut off and now we can live for Christ, that we know that he has a purpose for us. And I pray that we will live according to that way. So can I just suggest several things for us to think about, especially if those of you who are in accountability, those of you who have people that you meet up with regularly and you want to share, these are some good things for you to do together. And to even help each other to make sure that you're following through. The first thing is this, is to pause and remember. Don't let 2020 go without pausing and remembering. Just take some time alone. Go hiking. I don't know. Just go and sit in a cafe and just walk around. Go to a park. Do something where you can just pause and remember the goodness and the faithfulness of God. The second thing is this, is pray for the new year. Who knew back in... 2019, the 2020 will be like this. 
If you did, you'd probably be rich now because you're investing in all these things on cures for different diseases, but that's not the case. You cannot predict the future. I cannot predict the future. That's why I want to encourage you because we don't know what's headed for us in 2021. Pray so that you can be ready for whatever it is. Pray so that your hearts will be aligned with God's heart. Some of you might go through a lot of trials. Some of you might be facing a lot of difficult things in your life. Pray and say, God, give me the grace and the strength to endure. So pray, spend some time in prayer. Spend some time with other people to pray for 2021. And especially, what a great opportunity when it's New Year's Eve. I, I know some of you might not be thinking straight, and it will be the weirdest thing. Everyone is celebrating. You're like, everyone, everyone, can we pray? They, they might like kind of look at you strange. But that's why before that party, before that gathering, hey, can we spend some time just praying? Right? You got to preemptively strike. And so make sure you pray for the new year. And the third and last thing is this, prepare for the new year. How do we prepare? Well, in our next subsequent sermon parts, we're going to talk about those things. Can I just encourage some of you? You know, I, I just realized some of us have not got to a point in our lives where we desperately need God. Some of you can go through life without God. That's why I'm wondering if some of us are facing difficult times because for God to remind you, you cannot. I'm part of many different groups, different accountabilities. And one of the things that I'm constantly checking for is are people doing the Bible reading? It's not, it's not a legalistic thing, but I look at it as if you see the Bible as the bread of life, if you see it as spiritual food, then all I can say to some of you is you've been going weeks, months, without any spiritual food. But pastor, I go to a life group and I study the Bible there. Pastor, I, I listen to the sermon. But one of these days, some of you might not have the sermon, might not have that life group because God's going to place you far away with the penguins in North Pole. I don't know where. He's going to place you somewhere. And if you don't develop your personal walk with God, which is through the word of God and through prayer, you're not going to make it. So with about three or four days left, prepare your hearts to say, starting from even now, today, or even in January 1st, you don't have to, even though we're halfway through, just start from where we're starting and just read it. Commit to it. That's how you reaffirm his purposes in your life because you know what he wants you to do. And that's how you're going to remember God's faithfulness because you see it in his word, the truth. Let's grow in our relationship with God. If we're going to turn the chapter, we're going to have to Remember his faithfulness. Remember all the things he has done. And then we have to reaffirm his purposes in our lives. As we close here, I want us to just, if you could just bow your heads for a moment. And I want you to think about what was shared and the Israelite people and what God had to do to remind them of his faithfulness. They observed the Passover once again. 
the right time. They went through the rite of circumcision again to remind them to be holy and set apart. And they were reminded of God's provision as there was no more manna now, but there's fruit of the land. I'm wondering if you could just bow your heads for a moment and just, can you lift up a 10-second prayer? Just say, thank you, Lord Jesus, for everything that I've gone through. But Lord, I know that you're going to help me in this new coming year. That's why I'm going to pause and remember. This is the reason why I want to pray for the new year and prepare for the new year. Just do that quietly right now. Just in the 10 seconds that you have. And then we'll close out with this one song. And then I want to pray a prayer blessing for you. And then dismiss you. Every single word, uh, every single line that we just sang, that's true. And he has been faithful. And he will be faithful to the end as he has already been faithful to us. I pray that as we close out 2020, that it will be a great reminder that God has been with us. And he will continue to be with us as we look ahead to 2021. Can I pray for a prayer blessing over you as we close out this year, look ahead to this new year, and may be filled with more of God's blessings. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are. You are a faithful God. You are a faithful Father. You've been watching over us. I thank you, Lord, even though many of us have struggled, we have gone through so many different things that, Lord, you, haven't let, you didn't let go of us. You held on to us. You preserved us. Thank you for your provisions. Thank you for your promise. Thank you for your purposes in our lives. And we reaffirm that this morning, that, Lord, nothing will separate us from your love. Thank you, Lord God, that you have reminded us that to remember who you are. May we never forget. May we never forget. Even though we are busy, even though when we are successful and it's easy to take credit for ourselves, but may we never forget. It's all about you and it's all for you. So Lord God, I just pray for every single person here that there will be blessings, an abundance of your blessings in 2021, Lord. So thank you as we take the time to process that Lord God, that we will advance in our progress to love you more, and to love people around us for your namesake, Lord, as we remember your faithfulness and reaffirm your purpose. We thank you once again, and in Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to the Harvest Mission Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit our website at hongkong.hmcc.net.